0: Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message.
1: And now we're ready to open up this second lesson. And again, I'm really excited about this series. And we discovered that when you and I accept Christ as our savior, something really cool happens. We all become priests of the Most High God. We literally become priests, not like a Catholic priest or a Protestant priest, which there's nothing wrong with that, We become what I like to call a Bible priest, and every Christian is a Bible priest. So even if someone's a Protestant priest or a Catholic priest, they accept Christ. They're also this Bible priest. And listen to our theme verse. This is the theme verse for this series. It reads like this, 1 Peter 2, 5. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Every Christian is part of the holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And what do priests do? We offer up sacrifices. And there are six of them in the Bible that you and I can offer up. And this is going to change the way you do life. This is going to change the way you do things because you're going to begin to look at it differently, that this is actually a sacrifice that I'm offering up to heaven. It's a really, really cool thing. There are six sacrifices you and I can offer up. One of them's worship. So we just did that and we do that well, but I'm not even gonna deal with that in this series because I, I kind of teach on it at least twice a year. I think it's that important. So what this series will do for our worship life. It's gonna help us understand the sacrifice side of worship and it will really change the way we sing our worship songs to God too. It's really, really powerful. So uh, you and I have been called of God to offer up this thing called worship, called other sacrifices. We're gonna look at one today and it's an amazing thing. So I wanna help you understand what this does. It's just like when we start a fire and that smoke begins to go up to heaven. Well, every time you and I worship, it literally goes all the way to the real heaven, right? And it literally goes to God's throne. And I want you to just understand how God receives it and what it does up there in heaven. And it all starts with me asking Gina to marry me. I want to give you a story here. So uh, when her and I, uh, when I gave her the ring and said, "Would you marry me?" This is before social media, so it wasn't elaborate at all. We just took a walk, and I said, "Here's a bench. Let's sit down." And then I said, "Would you marry me?" And uh, she said, "I will, but there's there's just one thing." She said, "You have to promise me we'll never have a dog in the house." And I had been telling her about how much I wanted a dog, right? And I really had to think there for a second or two, and like, and I said, "Okay." And I said, no dogs in the house, because I grew up with two dogs, but mom and dad didn't want them in the house, so we always had dog houses, and they were outside, and I just wanted one inside, and I had to choose, so I said, all right, honey, and I figured I'll break her down over time, you know? So, all of us guys think that, ladies, just so you know. So, so uh, after our first year of marriage, I brought it up. She said, you promised. I said, okay. Second year, I brought it up, same thing. Third year, fourth year, fifth year, sixth year... And I had the same reaction. After six years, she wore me down. I just thought, I'm not going to ask anymore. So we're in our seventh year. It's Father's Day. And I see this big box, a gift for me. And Gina and I, on Father's Day, Mother's Day, we give cards with maybe a gift certificate. So this is really crazy. Our kids are all young, and they're so excited about this box. And they're going, open it, Daddy, open it, Daddy. And I'm wondering how they didn't slip and tell me what was in there before it happened. And so I open it up. And this beautiful Rottweiler puppy just comes up out of the box, and I pick him up, and I kiss him, and I hold him. And then I had this great fear come on me. I hope there's not a doghouse outside, because if I have to have a dog in a house outside, I don't want a dog. And I said, Gina, is this for the house? And she said, yeah, it's for the house. And I said, whoa. And <laughs> I smiled so big, and I was so happy, And I realized she hated the thought of dog hair in her house, and I knew that, but she did it because she loved me. And I just thought, wow, this is the most amazing thing. I smiled for weeks. That's what happens when you and I offer up our sacrifices to God. If we offer them up the right way, God has that same reaction in heaven. It's gotta be something we do just because we love God. So here's my big idea for this lesson. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than we've ever understood. And it goes like this, our service is our sacrifice. So last week we found out that our surrendered life is our sacrifice. Now we're gonna talk about our service. And this has to do... Uh, with whatever we do in the kingdom of God. So that's what the word service is referring to. So whatever we do for God, what I'm doing right now, this is actually a sacrifice unto God. All of our dream teamers and whatever they're doing this weekend, it's all a sacrifice unto God. Those of you that do things during the week for God, it's all a sacrifice to God. Uh, Whatever you do out on the streets for God, it's all a sacrifice to God. Our service is is a sacrifice, and I wanna help adjust our mentality. Many of you know this, some of you I wanna help you out because I really struggled with it. I grew up in the home of, my mom, was, my mom came here when she was 10 from Italy, so she was an immigrant. My dad's parents came over from Italy, and he grew up in the home of immigrants, and they were determined to teach us this thing called responsibility and obligation. They wanted us to be successful citizens. So they taught us responsibility and obligation. And it really made us successful in life. All of us brothers are able to be successful because they just drill that into us. But you know what else they did? They 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 introduced God to us that way, and they said, You gotta go to church out of obligation and out of responsibility. And if you don't go, And if you don't do things in church, we were all raised Catholic. If you don't do that, then God's not going to be happy with you. And you may not even make heaven. So they they kind of scared us a little bit, right? So finally, I met Jesus when I was 19. And I realized, oh, I get to go to heaven by faith because I trusted in Jesus. But I brought that mentality with me of trying to please God by what I do for God. And I brought it right into my Christianity. And I remember the first church I attended Anything they needed, I would volunteer just because I I wanted God to like me. So uh, one Sunday, I'm sitting in church like this. The pastor says, we need someone to work the toddler room on Sunday nights. Let me tell you, I was 20 years old, never married, never had a kid. You do not want a 20-year-old man working toddlers that's never had children. There might be one in a million that can do it, but I wasn't one of them. But I volunteered. I said, I'll do it. So I go in my first Sunday night, no training. Five kids come in and they, they're grabbing toys and playing with toys. Finally, all the parents left. I heard the service begin. I said, listen guys. I said, all of you put your toys back, take your favorite one and go sit down. And they're like, these are toddlers. Like, now, do it now. And so they all put their toys in and they all took a toy. And I said, You sit here, don't, I don't want you touching to- You sit here, you sit here. And I had them all sitting. It was an amazing first night. It was amazing. But something happened when their parents came to get them. Every time a parent came in, they'd run to their parents bawling. They just were crying. And I'm telling the parents, they were perfect till you came. I don't know what the problem was. And it wasn't until I had kids that I realized what a dodo I was, right? I had no clue on how to handle these kids. But why was I working toddlers on a Sunday night? Out of obligation. Maybe God will love me more and receive me if I do this. And you and I don't want to do anything for God out of obligation. Our service has to be like Gina giving me that that dog. It has to be something we do because we're just so thankful for what God did for us. And we just want to give back to God. And that really grew me and changed me because what I'm doing right now is part of my sacrifice. And uh, everything we do for God is part of our sacrifice. When I sit down and I put notes together and I work on all the things I'm I'm supposed to do, and I'm in a meeting and it's a three-hour meeting and we're planning and we're doing this. No matter what we're doing, I realize you know what this is a sacrifice to God, and it brings a level of joy that's amazing. And in everything you do, you enjoy and you realize you know what I'm just doing this for the kingdom of God. So I want to show you Scripture. This is the Apostle Paul. He was called. Uh, to to go to countries and then cities in those countries where nobody ever heard about Jesus and he would preach Jesus for the first time to these people. Then he would set up a church and he describes that that's part of our priestly ministry. That's what we do as priests and listen to how he says it in Romans 15, 16. For this grace has made me a servant of the gospel of God, constantly doing the work of the priest. So the grace is his apostle gift. But he says, I'm constantly doing the work of a priest. That's when he shared Jesus with people. I endeavor to present an acceptable offering to God so that the non-Jewish people of the earth may be set apart and made holy by the spirit of holiness. Translated, I'm going to non-Jews, sharing Jesus with them, and when they get saved, uh, that's, that's my job, and that becomes even a more beautiful sacrifice to God. So when I see verses like this, I realize our priestly ministry One of the offerings is just whatever we do for the kingdom of God. And all of our dream teamers, I want to thank you guys. All of our volunteers, we call them our dream team. Thank you guys for what you do. And then also, I just wanted to take a moment this weekend. I want to thank all the elderly people here at Believers that you can no longer, some of you are watching live stream because you can't even leave your house. Uh, You're not able to. You're not able to do things physically. I want to just thank you guys because you are the, shoulders and the foundation of believers. And some of you also did the same thing at other churches. Can we just take a moment and give it up for all of our people that serve that are no longer serving? Thank you guys for what you did. You built something amazing that we're now standing on. So we really, really appreciate it. And I'm excited about all our young people here at Believers and just watching God launch all of them. So whatever we do for God, that's a sacrifice. It's not obligation. And it goes up to heaven And it literally goes before the throne of God. We'll see that in another lesson we're gonna do. Literally goes right up to his throne and he really smiles when he sees it. So our type and shadow, our example in the Old Testament are the Levites. So Levi was the third son of Jacob and there were uh, 12 sons that Jacob had. And God said, I'm gonna take Levi and all his descendants and I'm going to make them my priest. And then Aaron was one of them, Aaron and Moses, they were Levites. And God said to Moses, Aaron's going to become the high priest. So that's a type of Jesus. He was the first high priest. And then his boys all became high priests. And so they're the high priest. That's Jesus. That's not us. That's the type of Jesus. But all the other Levites, they offered up these sacrifices, and they're all a type of us. We're all priests of the most high God. And we saw how they had to wear their white robes. And guess what? When you accepted Jesus, he clothed you with the white robe of righteousness. So we're all these priests, and we have this pleasure of offering up sacrifices. And we're going to talk about our service now, guys. And I want to show you what they did for the house of God. And then I want to show you what God's doing in the earth today with us and what he's building. It's something very beautiful. So they had this house that God said I wanna dwell in. It was the tabernacle of Moses. Did you know it was a tent? And it had to be a tent because they had to tear it down, pick it up, and they had to move it because they wandered in the wilderness 40 years. So God said, we'll build a tent, but it was beautiful. If you read all the instructions, it was gorgeous what God had them build. And the, the tent, the tabernacle of Moses, uh, it had three rooms, and there was the outer court the inner court, the holy place, and then the the inner inner court, the holy of holies, there were six pieces of furniture. And they all show us what God's wanting to do in the local church today. So I want you to take a look at this. This is what it looked like. And it'll just be up for a moment, but I want to talk about these six pieces of furniture. So on your right, um, that's the outer court, two pieces of furniture there. And the first one was the altar of burnt offerings. Guys, this is where they offered all those animal sacrifices all day long and night. Sometimes they're just offering up sacrifice after sacrifice. Every sacrifice is a type of Jesus dying for our sins. And I got to thinking about this. Do you know what this place smelled like? You know, if you ever go to uh, Texas Roadhouse, and soon as soon as you get out of the, the parking lot, what do you smell? You smell those steaks grilling. Isn't that a wonderful smell? And that's how this smelled 24-7. These priests were like, can I bring some steak sauce in here? And God's like, no, you can't bring any steak sauce in. But it smelled that good. And all these offerings are just a type of this. this is what Jesus is going to do for you. And that's how we enter in and become part of the house of God. We have to go through the altar. Then there was this place called the Bronze Basin. And this was just full of water. And this is where the priests washed their arms and their hands and they did their cleansing. And you know, the Bible says that God's word will wash us like water. And so this outer court's just a type of you and I accepting Jesus, coming to church, growing, learning, God cleaning us up, God cleaning all the gunk out, God cleaning us, growing us. It's a beautiful thing. Our goal then is to get into the next section, this inner court and it had three pieces of furniture. One was the, the table of showbread. And it was this beautiful table. They had 12 loaves of bread on it. They had to bake new loaves every Sabbath and take the old ones and eat them, put the new ones on. You know what that's a type of? You and I growing to where we have communion or fellowship with God and with each other. So that, that begins to happen as we grow and as a church grows. And then they had the golden lampstands in there and they had to keep those lampstands burning. That's the type of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that if you've accepted Jesus, he lives in you? And he's walking right now in the midst of us. It's an amazing thing. And then there's the altar of incense. So there's another altar in this inner court, the holy place. And this is where they offered up the incense unto God. And it just, it's, it's just an example of us getting to a place where we're operating in our priestly ministry. And the goal, guys, as we begin to do this, the goal is the Holy of Holies, which is the Ark of the Covenant, that one piece of furniture. And that's the manifested presence of God. And it's not weird. Church is the most amazing place. My prayer for our church is that it keeps growing and maturing because this is where people come and God meets them here. And it's not weird, but God is ministering and touching hearts. It's amazing to watch. Last night at Saturday night church, Uh, after church in the lobbies. And by the way, Boardman, we're excited. You're starting Saturday night church soon. So we're excited about that third service that you're going to begin. But I went out and I'm greeting in the lobbies last night. And it was an interesting night. I had two single moms at two different times come up to me. One had a 10-year-old boy. One had a 12-year-old boy. They both had needs in their life and God was dealing with them. But just to hear their story And to hear what God had done to them just in a service. They were both, uh, one was here for the second time, one for the first time. And just to watch what God had done in their lives and to hear their stories. And I know that's happening all the time. It's an amazing thing. So Believers is maturing and we're doing great as a church. And it's just awesome to see what God's doing in lives. And so we're going to find out we're now the tabernacle. Local churches are the tabernacle of God. And we'll show you that. But can I show you a picture of the outside? Because it's pretty cool too. This is a night rendition. And so at night, the pillar of fire would, would be above the tabernacle. In the day, it was a cloud. And it protected them uh, from that hot sun in the desert. But at night, that fire came on to protect them from anything else in the desert. But here's what I want you to see. Uh, Levi, they, they camped out in their tents around The tabernacle. So you had the three tribes, and then you had Moses and Aaron on one side with their families. They surrounded the tabernacle of God. Then you had the other tribes. Now there were twenty-two thousand Levites, guys, and so this probably went on for miles. This just this picture is trying to help you see all the tribes, miles and miles, and all life centered around the tabernacle of God, and these priests all had a function in the tabernacle of God. So I want to help you. I just made a little list. This is not all inclusive, but I want you to see what these priests did. And it's amazing. And it goes like this, what they did. Um, Some of them, their whole job was security. They protected the ark, isn't it? And protected the tabernacle. So here at Believers, we have security. And I, I love our security team. Some of them you see and some of them you don't on purpose, right? We want people to see some, but we don't want them to see all of them. Some are in here right now. You don't know who they are, but they're here just in case, right? They're in the children's hallways. They're walking around. They're watching the building. And it's exciting to know that as they do that, that doesn't seem spiritual, right? That's a sacrifice that's being offered up to God. That's one of the jobs of a priest. And so they had security around the house of God. So if you have law enforcement, boardman, warrant, law enforcement background, military background, we're always looking to build all of our teams. So I encourage you to go through growth track. And by the way, this is the fourth week for growth track. And then next week is a five-week five month, so no growth track next week. But then two weeks from now, we start growth track over. If you want to become part of our dream team volunteers, you go through growth track. It's four weeks long. And then we repeat it every month. It's an amazing thing. And it will help you. We'll test you. We'll help you know what your gifts are. Now notice what it goes on to say. Some of them tore down and some of them moved it. They had to tear down. That was their job. So you had security tear down. This is like a startup church that rents a building, you know, and they have to go set up every Sunday and tear down every Sunday. And that was just some of their functions. That's a very spiritual job. Some of them had to maintain it. It ripped, it broke. Maintenance is very spiritual. Some of them had to bake bread. That was a fun job. Some of them had to eat the bread. That was a fun job too, right? Um, Can we have some hot peppers and oil for that one, right? Some of them stoked the fire, uh, prepared the fire. Some of them prepared the offerings. Some of them kept the candles lit and trimmed and all that. Some of them played instruments. Some of them sang. See, that's not all they did. They did all these other things. If you have musical abilities, singing, playing, we're always looking to build all of our teams, guys. And if you have a gift, I wish I could sing. If I could sing, I'd be part of the worship team. I can't sing, and you'll notice there's not a lot of people that sit close to me, because I think... Gina tells me at home, don't sing out loud, don't sing out loud. So uh, I try my best to whisper sing, I really do. So if you have ability, that's, a, that's an offering up into the Lord when you do that. Some of them taught, our connect group leaders, that's very spiritual too. Some of them were judges, uh, that would be like counseling today. Some of them did accounting, and it just goes on and on and on. Anything we do for God, is a sacrifice unto heaven, and it's a beautiful, incredible thing. Now there's a scripture I want to read to you, and I want you to show you how important is this is to God. And it's it's right here in Numbers 3 and verse 5, and it reads like this: The Lord said to Moses, Bring the tribe of Levi and present them to Aaron, the high priest, to assist him. Now Aaron's a type of Jesus. And here's what God's done with us. He's allowed us to assist Jesus on planet Earth. And every time we do something for the kingdom of God, we're helping Jesus. You know what the cause of Jesus is? It's a beautiful cause. He he wants people to be saved and he wants people to grow as Christians. That's his his whole goal. So we have to work that into our lives. And I know some of us have some incredibly busy lives. So we just figure out, what can I do to help Jesus? And I wanna show you our theme verse for the series. But I want to emphasize the first part. Listen to 1 Peter 2, verse 5. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Now notice how God says every Christian is a living stone. That means when you accepted Jesus, you came to life. The Holy Spirit's in you. So God lives in us individually. But then notice what God's wanting to do. He's wanting to connect us, right? He wants to connect us and make us or build us into a spiritual house. And it's the most wonderful thing in the world to watch God build a church, but to watch the people in the church come to know, this is what I'm created to do. In Ephesians chapter 11, God talks about the five-fold ministry gift, and then he says in verse 12, here's why you exist, five-fold ministry gift. So verse 11 is the five-fold ministry gift. Listen to Ephesians 4.12. And their calling, my calling, all the guest ministers I bring, our calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. So God's wanting to launch each of you to do what he's created you to do, inside the walls, outside the walls, and notice this, and as we all do this, we will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. To me, there's nothing more incredibly awesome than the fact that God created us to be priests, and he literally gave us to Jesus and said, One of your offerings is to assist Jesus to accomplish his purpose on planet earth. And I'm excited about what Jesus is doing through believers, Warren and Boardman, but I'm excited about you, your gifts, your abilities, and I'm excited about you getting into the place God's called you to be. And as you do that, it's this beautiful sacrifice, not out of obligation. If you're going to do it out of obligation, don't do it. But if you do it because... You just want to give God a Rottweiler puppy, and I want you to do it, man. Do it with the right motive, and it's absolutely the most amazing thing. I always like to give it up for God. I just think it's a privilege that he thought we were capable of helping Jesus uh, take the whole harvest of the earth. Can we just give it up and say, thank you, God, for what you created us to do? That's an amazing thing. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, let's pray. Father, I did my best to bring out this part of the Bible. I thank you for the incredible people here TCI, Orb, and Warren, just incredible people. Lord, every one of us is at a different stage of life, and some are busy, busy moms, and Father, others are uh, taking care of parents and just all of us in between everywhere, Lord. We all have our jobs, our businesses, and we thank you, Lord, for helping every one of us just find our place in our season. I thank you for doing that. Father, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. We thank you that the candle is lit, that the Holy Spirit's here. And I thank you for him ministering to every heart in this place. Father, this isn't about condemnation. It's not about obligation. This is about the incredible fact that you made us and gifted us to help Jesus on planet Earth. And that's a sacrifice to go to Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I, I believe every time I do a moment like this that God's speaking to hearts. So if he's speaking to your heart, just say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Can we stay in this attitude of prayer? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're listening and you're not sure of you're forever, your eternity. That's part of my calling, like Paul, this is part of my priestly ministry to talk about Jesus and how if you accept him, you go to heaven. I'm honored to be able to do this, but I couldn't do it without the support ministry all around us here. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're not sure of your forever, Jesus boldly declared, whoever calls on my name, I will save them. He boldly declared, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can go to God but through me. And he died for our sins. God raised him up out of the grave. And growing up in America, many of us know about him. We know who he is. But, you know, you can know them intellectually and never have received them in your heart. Here's what I'm asking right now. Can you remember a day when you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. I believe you're Lord, and I accept you as my Savior. If you can't, why not make it today? Why don't we pray right now? Everyone else in here that's prayed, we're going to help you do it. Everyone in Borman, TCI, we're going to help you guys. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Can we pray loud enough for those that are praying the first time? Guys, we want to help them out. We want them to hear us. And just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I I realize I was born sin-stained. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. God raised you up out of that grave. And this day, I accept you as my Savior. I call you, Lord, and make a decision to follow you.
0: Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc